Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Yes, I'm still in North Carolina. It's a beautiful day here at the Art of Living Retreat Center. And I'm feeling very blessed. Thank you for joining me. Let's begin with a prayer, as we always do. Let's take this breath of love and gratitude together and be so grateful and so thankful that love is all there is. Love is all that we are. Love is our true identity. Love is the beginning, the middle, and the end. (laughs) Love is our Redeemer, our Healer, and we are grateful and thankful to recognize it is so. So grateful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. I place my hand on my heart and declare I'm wholeheartedly available to receive divine insight, wisdom, and clarity. I'm wholeheartedly available to recognize the loving choices, the healing opportunities. Holy, holy grateful that divine wisdom and clarity are ours to receive now and forevermore at all times. So grateful and so thankful to recognize that love is our true nature and our true identity and that we have everything we need in order to express the fullness of God's love here, now, and forevermore. Everything we need is pre-installed. So we're grateful and thankful to turn within and to recognize that we've already been given the gifts of God. In gratitude, we share these gifts with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we share our healing, our expansion, our clarity, our freedom, the all good of God with everyone because we are one with them. In deep, deep gratitude, we let the healing be. We know it's done, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I'd like to share with you that uh, our topic today is special love relationship. And uh, I'm grateful to be able to share on this topic as I'm always grateful to share A Course in Miracles. I am so grateful, so grateful. I I just completed a Forgive and Be Free retreat, and I'm in the midst of one of my spiritual counseling training intensives. And I have to say, I remember very well how I used to feel helpless and hopeless and feeling so special uh, in the sense of feeling especially bad and wrong and blocked. I truly, for a very long time, had such a strong belief that there was something very, very wrong with me, that I couldn't be more loving, that I 
would say, I'd like to focus on love, I'd like to focus on peace, I'd like to focus on being patient and generous and kind, and then I would turn around and be cruel and mean and withdrawn and withholding of love and withholding of the most basic kindness. And I still see remnants of that personality on a regular basis. I do, I do. And I'm so grateful that I have a choice, that I can choose love. I don't have to choose unkindness and resentment and regret and blame and shame. And I I truly would like to applaud the people who come and do this work with me, whether it's in Finding Freedom or Masterful Living or whether it's on a retreat or an intensive. It takes great courage. And uh, I I get to meet through my classes and these events. I get to meet extraordinary people. And the most wonderful thing of all is when someone begins in a program and they feel such despair, they feel lost and self-hatred and really just a great confusion, anger, resentment, depression, and then because of their willingness, not mine, because of their willingness to make new choices, how quickly they can change their life, how quickly they can transform their relationships, how quickly they can step into the miraculous. I see it again and again and again. It's thrilling. It's truly thrilling. And many times people who listen to this radio show will tell me, you heal my life, Jennifer, you heal my life. And I always say that I'm so glad that they enjoy the radio show and I'm so glad that their life is healing. And I can only heal my own life. I can only heal my own mind. However, when we join together, we're both experiencing a healing. And so the opportunity to join with anyone anywhere is such a blessing, whether it's your neighbor who's putting out the trash in the morning. You can join with them, wave, smile, join with them for a holy instant. Hmm. And the way to really transform your life is to find those opportunities to join and connect and express and extend love. And most especially when there's a temptation to be withdrawn, to hide, to withhold, to say, no, not now, not this time. No, I'm going to make a higher choice. It raises our vibration, and the more we raise our vibration, the more we can see more choices for love. And uh, as I record this, we're uh, in the middle of October, and uh, because of <laughs> because of my job as a minister, leader of the Power of Love Ministry, I'm. 
frequently thinking of things months away, a year away, because in order to do certain things, we have to plan ahead. And so, of course, A Course in Miracles, Lesson 135 tells us a healed mind doesn't need to plan. And uh, I don't need to plan. I do plan. And for me, it's not having attachment to the plan. It's if the plan changes, that's fine. But whose plan is it? I'm endeavoring to follow God's plan. And so uh, I've been looking ahead, especially during this forgiveness retreat that I just finished. And right now in the spiritual counseling training intensive, I'm looking ahead to when can I do those events again next year? Because they're so powerful and life-changing for people. And thinking about the New Year's reboot retreat at the end of the year and feeling the the folks who are going to come to that and the the transformation they'll have and the difference it will make in their year next year. So I'm feeling all of this and feeling the, uh, the holidays coming and how challenging it can be for people when they're Family relationships are strained and uh, where there's a lot of unhealed hurt. And so as we're talking about special love relationship today, it's on my mind. And one thing I'd like to share that came up in the forgiveness retreat is that somebody was asking, what about visiting What about having Thanksgiving or Christmas with family where there's a lot of unhealed pain and suffering? How how do you do that? Or when you really don't feel the love or the respect or the honoring with your family? And so I'm going to share this, which I have found helpful to me. And others have found it helpful as well, because I know people are making their holiday plans. So, if you are feeling that getting together with certain people, you will be so triggered that it's possible you would... Instead of extending love, you would extend anger, resentment, hurt, fear, blame, resentment, these kinds of things. It's best not to put yourself in that situation and create more difficulty. However, if you feel like it would be challenging, but you're up to the challenge, then go and go with God. Take God into every moment. So in uh, my training at Agape, we would say, be prayed up. So have prayed yourself up to a higher vibration so that you can keep a commitment to extend love, to extend compassion, to extend healing in your mind. One of the... 
tools that we use in my Masterful Living class is, uh, it's called the Prayer for Partnering Up. And uh, I'm going to share it with you right now. And then for those of you who uh, get the transcripts, you'll be able to read it in the transcript. So uh, we're transcribing all these episodes now, by the way, and you can get the transcripts at livingacourseofmiracles.com forward slash radio. So we have lots of free resources for you at um, livingacourseofmiracles.com, jenniferhadley.com too. So um, <clears throat> here's the prayer for partnering up. Great prayer to start your day with, a great prayer to take into any meeting that feels challenging, any conversation, any relationship conversation. Get yourself prayed up. Raise your vibration. So the prayer for partnering up. And I, I, uh, I wrote this as an example of the kind of prayer that I use myself. So, uh, I like to speak prayer extemporaneously without, uh, reading it, but I also like to read prayer sometimes. So I wrote this one for the folks in my Masterful Living course. Prayer for partnering up. I am that I am. I am my I am presence. I am one with the one, and for this I am truly grateful. In the name of my beloved I am, I ask that my higher Holy Spirit self, my I am presence, lead and guide me to be in the flow of love in all moments of this day and in every area of my life. I intend to be easily led and guided to choose the highest and best in each moment. I allow myself to receive the blessings that are mine to receive. I allow myself to recognize the most loving choices this day. Higher Holy Spirit Self, please make the loving choices so attractive to me that I cannot mistake them. Help me to choose love and to live my life as a joyful and abundant prayer of the heart. Help me to recognize my life is the eternal life of God. I am dedicated to being a loving and beneficial presence on this planet. I choose to be truly helpful. I share the benefits of my healing and expansion with everyone because I am one with them. I am awakening to know my true identity and the true identity of my brothers and sisters. We are one in love eternally. And for this and all the blessings I receive this day, I am so very grateful. In the name of my beloved, I am. I know that it is done. I allow myself to accept it. And so it is. Amen. 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 <sighs> yes. Mm-hmm. So let's dive into chapter 16, section 5. It's my page 341. And it's entitled, The Choice for Completion. And this is where it talks about the special love relationship. This is really good, good stuff here. 
It says, in looking at the special relationship, it is necessary first to realize that it involves a great amount of pain. Anxiety, despair, guilt, and attack all enter into it, broken into by periods in which they seem to be gone. All these must be understood for what they are. Whatever form they take, they are always an attack on the self to make the other guilty. I have spoken of this before, but there are some aspects of what is really being attempted that have not been touched upon. So, this uh, is a very valuable section to us, and um, I've done a, many episodes in this broadcast uh, and on the subject of relationship and on the section, uh, subject of special relationship and holy relationship. And so, uh, I'm not going to cover too much about that because I've done so much on it and I encourage you to check those out um, because they're all in the archive and again you can find the entire archive at livingacourseofmiracles.com forward slash radio oh and if you're interested in my Course of Miracles uh, New Year's reboot retreat uh, you can uh, find out ACIM retreat ACIMretreat.com or JenniferHadley.com So, special relationship. Here's the way I describe it. Uh, Special relationship is uh, any kind of relationship. It could be with your dog, could be with your spouse, your child, your parents, your co-worker, your friend. It doesn't matter what the... um, construct of the relationship is. It can be special or it can be holy. Special relationship is for the purpose of it increasing your sense of separation. Holy relationship is for the purpose of uniting you in your mind, in your heart, with your creator, with your true identity, with God. So, special relationship The number one thing to realize it says here is it involves a great amount of pain. So special relationship is when we say you plus me equals shelter against the storm. It affirms that there's a storm, that we need shelter, that we're on our own, and we get attached to this person. They're going to complete me, like in Jerry Maguire, and um, they're going to protect me. They validate me. It's it's a hundred percent codependency, right? So and and there's no healing in the special relationship. There's only more suffering. It involves a great amount of pain here, and it says here they are always an attack on the self to make the other guilty. These these um, this is an aspect of that special relationship. So I'm going to invite you to bring to mind a relationship that has turmoil in it. Perhaps a lot of turmoil. And I'm going to invite you to just be open-minded and be willing to see that when you feel despair, anxiety, fear, worry, doubt, 
the blame, the shame, the guilt, the resentment, the regret, all of that painful emotion. And you think it's because of your relationship. It's about your relationship. It's a result of your relationship. These upsets, it's saying here, whatever form they take, are always an attack on the self to make the other feel guilty. No matter what form your upset takes, it's always an attack on the self to make the other guilty. So, my friend, in order to end the misery of the world, let's not go there anymore. How do we do it? So when there's a tendency and a temptation to get upset, right, it can be very strong. Many times to the untrained mind, we go there and we are in that land of upset for quite a while before we even realize there's a choice. That we could go the other way. We could make another choice. There is a better way. Many times we just can't even grasp that until we have already jumped off the bridge and we're hurled into the depths of the pain and the suffering. So what do we do when we've taken that journey and now we're just covered in poo, right? The poo of our upset. And we're, it's gnarly and nasty and stinky and we're judging ourselves and judging others and it's just a big swirling mass of sewage. What do we do then? We call upon the Holy Spirit to show us the way out. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. Even if I make my bed in hell, God is still there with us. The Holy Spirit is still there with us. The higher self is still there with us. The love, the spark of our divinity is still there within us. So we call upon the angels. This is what A Course in Miracles tells us in um, lesson... Oh, just went out of my head. Is it 182 or 183? <laughs> Call the name of God. Yes, 183. I call upon God's name and on my own. God's name, it says here, paragraph 2. God's name cannot be heard without response nor said without an echo in the mind that calls. Cannot be heard without response nor said without an echo in the mind that calls you to remember. Say God's name and you invite the angels to surround the ground on which you stand and sing to you as they spread out their wings to keep you safe and shelter you from every worldly thought that would intrude upon your holiness. God, help me now. Holy Spirit, help me now. Angels, help me now. I've lost my mind. I'd like to go back to my right mind. 
and harvest the learning from my journey, from this journey into a far land of sewage. So let's read on here, back to chapter 16, section 5, paragraph 1. So whatever form our upset takes, it's always an attack on the self to make the other guilty. Very simply, the attempt to make guilty is always directed against God. For the ego would have you see God, and God alone, as guilty, leaving the sonship open to attack and unprotected from it. So when we're upset... Our upset is an attack on the self to make the other feel guilty. And the attempt to make others feel guilty is really always directed against God. So instead of going directly at God, trying to make God feel guilty, we we attack our brothers and sisters. And why would we want to make God feel guilty? Because we believe God left us open to attack. And here's the attack. The attack is from the person we're in the special relationship with. So our retaliation is to try to make the other person feel guilty by us being upset. And it doesn't matter if we're angry or sad or hurt or confused or frightened or worried or resentful or regretful. It's all an attempt to get back at God, to make God feel guilty by making our supposed loved one, the person we're in the relationship with, feel guilty. It says, the special love relationship is the ego's chief weapon for keeping you from heaven. You see, in the special love relationship, when people don't do what we want them to do and they are, we think, upsetting us, they're ruining our lives, they're making us so worried, they're making us so angry, they're making us so frightened, they're making us so ashamed, whatever it is that we think they're making us feel. This is the attack on ourselves. Our upset is an attack on ourselves, trying to make them feel guilty. See what you did? It's upset me so much. You're to blame for this. And it's really God that we're angry at. And of course, our brothers and sisters are of God, so they're going to take that message to God. Jesus writes here, It does not appear to be a weapon, but if you consider how you value it, meaning the special love relationship, and why you will realize what it must be. It's a weapon against God. The special love relationship. How do you know you're in a special love relationship? Because when you're upset, you're managing and coping with it. You're in a codependent relationship. You're saying, you complete me. You upset me. You fulfill me. You hurt me. You lift me up. You pull me down. That's a special love relationship. 
back and forth, back and forth. And it's a giant distraction from expansion, from real love, from really having loving relationships. It's a giant distraction. And people try so hard to engage us in this, of course you've upset me, look at what you've done. Trying to make us feel guilty. Or maybe we're the one trying to make them feel guilty. It's self-attack. Self-attack. Is there any love in self-attack? No, of course not. So then, the backwash has to be despair. More self-hatred. More guilt. More shame. More resentment. More regret. Giant distraction. No healing in that. But you see, the world justifies it all. It says, of course, of course you feel guilty when they do that. Of course you feel ashamed when that happens. Of course you resent them. Of course, of course, of course. The special love relationship is the ego's most boasted gift and one which has the most appeal to those unwilling to relinquish guilt. So, if you can see that you've got a number of special love relationships, and again, you can have it with your dog, with your cat. Trying to shame that animal, make the animal feel guilty. (laughs) When that's what's transpiring in our relationships... It leads to uh, an inner despair and hopelessness for many, many people. And what I see, and it's so clear to me, uh, so evident in right now, because I see it in, uh, this is the time of the year when people who've been in Masterful Living with me all year are really reaping the benefits of their choices to work these principles all year long to truly live the love and walk the talk and they're seeing the shifts and the changes and in the forgiveness retreat I just did people transformed so much in just a few days by willing to take a look at this and to make another choice so it's that willingness to put the Holy Spirit in charge, to call the angels. That's not just a metaphor. Jesus is is saying, call God's name and the angels will surround you and help you. No extra charge. No charge at all. They're waiting. They're standing by. Operators are standing by to take your call. And speaking of taking a call, it's time for me to take a call to a break here. I'm Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about special love relationship here on Unity Online Radio. The name of this program is A Course of Miracles. We're living the love. We're walking the talk. And I will be right
Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> oh, so, we're talking about special love relationship. The special love relationship is the ego's most boasted gift and one which has the most appeal to those unwilling to relinquish guilt. So, here's something that's helpful to us is to recognize that if we find ourselves in a special relationship, it means that our personality is unwilling to relinquish guilt. Our personality is playing this petulant God game. And we can give it all over to the Holy Spirit. We don't have to manage and cope with it. We don't have to think that we've got to figure it out. We simply become very willing to let it go. A Course in Miracles, Chapter 2, Text. Section 5, Fear and Conflict. I was going to say cause and effect, but that's the one after. But it tells us in that Fear and Conflict section, which... It's one of my favorite sections in the whole book. It tells us that Jesus can't take anything from us that we choose to hold on to. So, doesn't it stand to reason that the whole activation of our healing is moved forward when we willingly let it go? So, let's just do that. Let's just say, I let it go. But what I see in, I've seen in myself and I've seen so many others is we're just not willing to let it go. Or we don't think that it can actually happen. And we don't trust that if we give up keeping score, making others guilty, holding on to resentment, punishing others with our upset, that will have any other power or tool or any other thing that's of value. That's how I used to feel. But now I realize, oh, the things that I'd like to share are compassion, are patience, kindness, generosity, love. And I can share those, and I can feel the power of love in me. And that power of love in me is so much greater than any power I ever felt to hurt or punish anyone that I was threatened by. The power of love in me to take my brother or sister's heart in my my heart and say, let's transform together. Even though... You, you attempted to hurt me, even though you tried to attack me. I can hold you with love in my heart. The power of that is so liberating. 
But we don't know till we know. And we don't trust that it's true until we know that it works. So here's where trust is the number one characteristic of teachers, the teachers of God. So it says here, now I'm in uh, chapter 16, section 5, paragraph 3. The dynamics of the ego are clearest here in the special love relationship. For counting on the attraction of this offering, right? So the special love relationship offers the, the greatest pain and suffering and the ego's chief weapon for keeping you from heaven. The dynamics of the ego are clearest here for counting on the attraction of this offering. The fantasies that center around it are often quite overt. Here they are usually judged to be acceptable and even natural. No one considers it bizarre to love and hate together. And even those who believe that hate is sin merely feel guilty, but do not correct it. This is the natural condition of the separation. And natural's in quotes there. This is the quote, natural, unquote, condition of the separation. Right? That your love and guilt and hatred all go together. And those who learn that it is not natural at all seem to be the unnatural ones. So, Jesus, Buddha, the folks who don't play by these rules anymore, they're the ones that seem unnatural. For this world is the opposite of heaven being made to be its opposite. And everything here takes a direction exactly opposite of what is true. In heaven, where the meaning of love is known, love is the same as union. Here, where the illusion of love is accepted in love's place, love is perceived as separation and exclusion. Remember I said the special relationship sets up this construct or affirms this construct, this false construct of you plus me equals shelter against the storm and affirms the storm, affirms we need shelter, and affirms you, my special, special one, are going to keep me from the storm. (laughs) Not so. It is in the special relationship, born of the hidden wish for special love from God, that the ego's hatred triumphs. Mm. What if you just knew that? That in allowing the special relationship, you're allowing the ego's hatred to triumph. For the special relationship is the renunciation of the love of God and the attempt to secure for the self the specialness that God denied us. It is essential to the preservation of the ego that you believe this specialness is not hell, but heaven. Right? And don't we see that? Right? I lived in Los Angeles for 22 years. I met so many people who were seeking fame. What is fame but specialness? Not that there's anything wrong with fame. I mean, certainly Gandhi is famous. Martin Luther King Jr. is famous. For what? For, for extending love. For having compassion. 
for taking a, 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 a stand for teaching the truth, for the end of hatred. That's what made them famous. But that's not what people go to L.A. for. <laughs> they, they want to be adored and thought special. Very, very common. Yes. So, for the special relationship is the renunciation of the love of God and the attempt to secure for the self the specialness that God denied. It is essential to the preservation of the ego that you believe this specialness is not hell, but heaven. How many stories have we heard of people seeking fame and finding out the fame is hell? But they think it's going to be heaven. For the ego would never have you see that separation could only be loss, being the one condition in which heaven could not be. Now the ultimate separation, the, the most fundamental separation, the most basic, predominant separation is better than and less than, right? And people who are famous always because they're better than or less than according to the ego, famous or infamous. To everyone, heaven is completion. There can be no disagreement on this because both the ego and the Holy Spirit accept it. They are, however, in complete disagreement on what completion is <laughs> and how it's accomplished. The Holy Spirit knows that completion lies first in union and then in the extension of union. So remember, this section is called the choice for completion. So... In the Jerry Maguire movie, the idea is that this one person completes me. That's a special relationship. In the holy relationship, no one is incomplete. We're all complete. No one is incomplete because we're all part of God. So completion comes from recognizing union and then extending it. How do we extend union? We recognize our brothers and sisters are one with us. And we're one with God, they're one with us, therefore they're one with God, all is one. That's true completion. It says, to the ego, completion lies in triumph. Triumph over, right? Completion lies in triumph to the ego. And in the extension of the victory, even to the final triumph over God. In this, the ego sees the ultimate freedom of the self. Triumph over God. For nothing would remain to interfere with the ego. This is its idea of heaven. And therefore union, which is a condition in which the ego cannot interfere, must be hell. The special relationship is a strange and unnatural ego device for joining hell and heaven and making them indistinguishable. And the attempt to find the imagined quote, best, end quote, of other, of worlds, excuse me, of both worlds, has merely led to fantasies of both, and to the ability to perceive either as it is. The special relationship is the triumph of this confusion. It is a kind of union from which union is excluded, and the basis for the attempt at union rests on exclusion. 
What better example could there be of the ego's maxim? Seek, but do not find. Most curious of all is the concept of the self which the ego fosters in the special relationship. This self, the separate special self, seeks the relationship to make itself complete. Yet, when it finds the special relationship in which it thinks it can accomplish this, it gives itself away and tries to trade itself for the self of another. This is not union, for there is no increase and no extension. So, in the special relationship, we often try to lose ourselves, lose our sense of self, and see ourselves only in the relationship, in relationship to the other. We trade our sense of self for the sense, for the self of another. Each partner tries to sacrifice the self he does not want for one he thinks he would prefer, and he feels guilty for the sin of taking and of giving nothing of value in return. For much, how much value can he place upon a self that he would give away to get a better one? The better self the ego seeks is always one that is more special. And whoever seems to possess a special self is loved for what can be taken from them. So think of this. Foundationally, in the special love relationship, you're thinking that this person thinks I'm special, therefore I am finally loved. I am finally free from feeling unlovable, unworthy. But the unlovable, unworthy thought doesn't go away because we think we have to be special to be lovable. So we know we're not special. No matter how special people think we are, we're not special. And we never will be. Because we're one. And so the special relationship can never succeed. It's always doomed to fail. It's always doomed to move to that place where the person disappoints us. We're no longer special in their eyes. And that day has to come because there is no specialness. It's an illusion. It's a delusion. And we don't believe it. We don't know it to be true. Therefore, it isn't true. But when we can look at our loved ones and say, I see all this stuff, all this stuff about you, things that you believe, things that you've done and said, I see it all and I love you. I love you just the way you are. I love you as you're learning to work through these things. I love you as you're falling down and getting up. I love you. I love you. I love being on this journey with you. That's love. And there's no substitute for it. (laughs) 
None whatsoever. Mm-hmm. One of the key components of that special love relationship is we become attached. We become attached to our ideas and our beliefs, and it becomes so painful to let them go. It becomes so painful to uh, allow ourselves to experience the healing and the transformation of our mind because we're so attached to the story that we've made. And this is the thing to always remember about the ego. Why does the ego get so attached to the story that it made? Why do we get so attached to thinking this person completes me? Why do we get so attached to thinking this person said they were going to do this for me, that they were going to heal me, that they were going to love us? Why do we get so attached? It's because... We made the story up. And this is how the ego is. The ego, you know, one of the things for me when I was studying to be a screenwriter at, you know, uh, at University of Southern California, USC Film School, they talked about uh, editing and cutting your work. And they said, it's like killing your children, <laughs> kill your babies. And I, uh, that, that didn't quite ring true with me. Although I certainly understand it, feeling attached to, oh, I really like this part. Oh, I really like what I wrote here. And there's a great attachment to it sometimes. Why? Because we made it. That's the only reason. Because we made it. We're the ones who made it. So, for instance, uh, if you were editing someone else's work, you wouldn't have the same attachment to it because you didn't make it. We have this tremendous attachment because we made up the story in our relationship. We made up this idea that you validate me, you complete me. And then sometimes what happens is the relationship starts that way. Oh, you validate me, you complete me. You see me, you really get me. And then because the relationship is predicated on false pretenses, it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. And so it falls apart. And it's so painful when it falls apart. And so... The dream of you completely is lost. And when that dream of you completely is lost, it's easy to see how the ego can make the meaning of it. I must be terribly unworthy. There must be something horribly wrong and bad with me. They're rejecting me. They were my savior, and now they're rejecting me. I must be unworthy. And so we fall into the pit of despair. But the thing that the Holy Spirit can help us see, that the angels can help us see, is that none of the story is true. None of the story is true. They don't complete us. They don't validate us. They don't make us worthy. They may or may not understand us. 
And we are no better or worse because of their acceptance, their attachment, their love, their validation. We're no better or worse for any of it. That we are eternally complete. All are. And this is how our brothers and sisters can help us see it, is that they can, we can choose to see their completeness regardless of situations and circumstances, regardless of whether they're lying and tearing things apart, regardless of whether or not they're being constructive or destructive, we can see their wholeness and completeness and call it forth into expression. That's extending love. That's extending unity. And this is how our brothers and sisters help us too, is that by seeing it in them, we see it in ourselves. We see it in everyone. And then all boats rise on this tide of love. It's powerful. It's beautiful. It's healing. It's transformative. Yes, it is. And I'm so grateful to share it with you. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for uh, our being able to transcribe these radio shows now and offer them to you. If you appreciate the transcripts, please let us know. If you have a particular transcript that you'd like us to get to that we haven't gotten to yet, please let us know. You can write to admin at jenniferhadley.com. The uh, most recent Living a Course in Miracles free series of classes uh, that we just did are still available for free. You can download them and the transcripts. And we've got all the transcripts posted now. And Masterful Living, my year-long course. We're going to open registration in a few weeks. It'll be open and... Class starts on January 1st. I love it. (laughs) So if you've been thinking about it, one of the things that um, I'm making available to people is an exploratory call that if you would like to uh, learn about Masterful Living and discover a bit more about it and see if it's right for you next year, then... You can write to admin at jenniferhadley.com and we'll, we'll set you up with someone who's taken Masterful Living. Uh, it'll be one of my spiritual counselors in training and they'll just answer your questions. They're trained to be spiritual counselors. They're not trained to be salespeople and they can help you decide if it'll be right for you next year. Remember too, we have the New Year's Re- Reboot Retreat coming up at Unity Village. In Missouri, yes, (laughs) right where this radio show is recorded. So let's take a closing prayer here now. I'm going to invite you to join with me. So grateful, so thankful to open our hearts and minds to the power and the presence of love fully active in our awareness. We are truly grateful and truly thankful that love is all that there is and that it is our nature to extend love 
to extend compassion, to extend beauty and truth and wisdom and clarity. We are grateful and thankful that our life is the life of God. Our heart is the heart of God. Our mind is the mind of God. And that all of our relationships are the means by which God loves itself. And we are grateful to be a part of it. In gratitude, we share the benefits of our healing, our expansion, our clarity, our freedom with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we allow the healing to be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 God bless you. I love you. Have an amazing week. Mwah.